Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar. Once again, it is day four of the PDC World Darts Championship. Myself, Jack Garwood, joined tonight by Mr. Cam McFarlane. How are we doing, buddy? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. First one of the three weeks for me, this one. Um, I'm sure she'll sure be seeing me again a few times as we, yeah. as we go on. Well, you don't have to. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I'd quite happily not done tonight. It's got a bit late tonight, hasn't it, with the, with the latest oh, start? Yeah, last night was exactly the same with Dan, who signed up last minute as well. I was like, oh dear, sorry, buddy, you're on. I'm just moving all my food out of the background because that looks incredibly unprofessional. Um uh, oh, I'll don't change the habit of a lifetime, mate. I'll ask you the same question as I stand. And what do you think of the tournament so far overall? Um, it's been all right. It's not really. We've we, today's been a good day. Actually, I quite enjoyed today. I think we had a couple of cracking games. I think it's still yet to really sort of catch fire and get that real sort of feel that we're getting into it. But it's, it's the first couple of rounds. It's always a little bit like this at the start, isn't it? It takes a while to to warm up. Yeah, it does. But I feel like today is the day the tournament kicked into life a bit. We saw a couple of exceptional performances. We saw multiple um, candidates for match of the round or match of the tournament so far. Um, And a couple of shocks or or disappointments, I guess, at the same time as well. Yeah, we did. It was, like I say, maybe we need to, maybe it needs a morning start. Maybe we get, get a little bit. A bit of a better start today when we start off um, at quarter past 11, as it was this morning, I think, was the, the first game. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it has definitely been. We've seen some some serious performances and and definitely the, the match of the year so far, but we'll, we'll come on to that in a bit. Match of the year, they've gone too far. Match of, match of the tournament. 
It was indeed. Good evening to everybody in the chat room as well, by the way, guys. I'm not, I didn't forget about you. I do realize I jumped straight to Cam then, but you guys are all far more important than he is. I'm just trying to keep oh, him happy so he does a few more oh. shows this week. Uh, Jackson, once again, uh, good morning to yourself, Juanita. Uh, Sam, how are we doing, buddy? Craig's in as well. Harry's back in. He's been in every night. So is Bob. Tommy's in as well. So good to see you all. Um, how are we all doing? As per quick reminder, we are going to pay you some uh, reaction clips uh, from all of tonight's winners that we have available to you. Those interviews will be available in full on our YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to drop us a like on this stream and hit subscribe if you haven't done so already as we make our way towards 30,000 subscribers. It's the only way you guys can get involved in the chat room as well. Um, right, Cam, we're going to go in match order as we have done for the entire tournament. And we start with a game that... I thought was was pretty interesting, despite the, the sub-90 averages once again in this one. Uh, Madas Razma getting the best of Prakash Jiwa, um, 3-1, um, the Latvian. He was pushed in this one severely, a lot closer than the scoreline suggests, especially in the first three sets. There's a good argument that Jiwa could have been 2-0 up in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way the way that this game went, it could very easily have been... It could have been a 3 0 win for Prakash. I mean, he was he was really impressive in the in the early stages. He just missed a lot of chances when it came to it. I don't know what he finished up with overall on the checkouts thing is probably around thirty percent or so. But it the way he missed chances at, at sort of the wrong times and, and got punished for it. But then we kind of saw at the end Rasma turn into the Rasma that we all know, he decided just to go full-time onto the 19s and all of a sudden he was he was a different player and reeled off the last four legs in no time, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, got, got away with one a little bit, but then was, was very impressive himself at the end. Yeah, I mean, he is lethal on those 19s, isn't he? He is one of the players that I... switches about possibly more than any other player. I don't have the stats to back it up, but it does feel like he is more comfortable and adept and doesn't quite fit that you have to start on 20s narrative. He will switch down to the 19s if they're not going. And it's a little bit of yeah. an MO for him and it's paid off in this one, isn't it? Yeah, I don't understand why he ever throws at 20s unless he absolutely has to. It, it makes no sense to me because he is by far a better dart player when he throws at the 19s. Um, every every time I've ever watched him, I think, when, when he switches down, he just looks more comfortable, more confident down there. I don't understand why you ever go up the 20s. Okay, yeah, you might score an extra nine points if you fill up the 20s rather than filling up the 19s. But realistically, is that going to make a big difference if you're hitting them a lot more consistently? No, I mean, if you're hitting them far more frequently percentage-wise than you are travel 20s, it's going to pay off for you in the long term completely. Um, I want to talk Prakash. Um I'll be honest, I didn't give him much hope coming into this game. I thought the way that he, I'd see him at the seniors a few weeks ago was pretty impressed with the with the level that he was playing at. Um, then we saw him in the Moda Super Series last week before this tournament got underway. Uh, I thought he really struggled in that environment. I, I wasn't that enthusiastic about this at all coming into it. But actually, he did put up a bit of a fight. Steady, steady performance. 29 tons thrown in four sets. But that fourth set, it just seemed to fall apart from completely, didn't it? Yeah, he was he was really consistent. I thought he played played very well. I was I was impressed with him today. Um, like I say, he's just he missed chances at the wrong times, and then that final set, 
I don't even think he did particularly anything overly wrong in that finals. I think I think Maddows was just at a level that, that we know he can play at. And he, in terms of the top level, he probably has that higher ceiling that he can go to. And I think he just clicked into gear and it, and it went. I mean, that, that final set was done in, in about 45 darts, I think. So it's, it's pretty good going. Yeah, I mean, when he does produce that level... Madras Rasmus is an incredibly steady dart player, but it's the fact that he just doesn't do it frequently enough. He's, he's, he's very, very, get more and more on TV, doesn't he? Yeah, very, very frustrating to watch at times because we know how good he is. We know what he can do. Um, yeah, just... I don't think it helps with the fact in how frustrating he is to watch that when it's not going right, he's also quite deliberate and quite, quite slow as well and it makes it even more of a pain for watch than it would be for maybe someone else that's dropping the level a little bit yeah right let's hear then from our winner in match number one this afternoon uh, that is matters rasma we played two years ago uh, uh and uh, that was our first uh, we, we played the first time against each other but now in the last two years we played in pro so I, I beat him as well and now we are better f uh, friends uh, i hope he, he feel the same <laughs> yeah yeah and uh uh i have more exper experience right now this year i world grand prix european tours uh, i uh, i don't i don't want to say any predictions but i will fight i i, I have a chance to win i have a chance to win from the Gary that we've seen this year, do you feel that you can get out of him and he is beatable? Uh, I didn't see Gary this year, but <laughs> but uh, come on, he's he's two times world champion. <laughs> he can't be worse. And uh, but uh, I but this time I'm not. This year I'm not not here to enjoy game against Gary. This this year I'm here to to beat him. Yeah. Two years ago I, I told you I, I played the, the first time against him. Uh, he's one of my favorite players. And uh, yeah, but this year I want to beat him, and I'm sure I, I will be good enough. I will be better than he knows my triple nineteens. <laughs> yeah. Referenced it himself there, right at the end. He knows what my triple nineteens can do, as he does take on Gary Anderson in the next round. On to the second match of the afternoon, and this one again, Cam. The result perhaps isn't a surprise. This was pretty much a coin toss at the start of the day in this one. But the scoreline, Carol Sedlicek producing an exceptional performance, the best of the tournament up until that point, 98.72 uh, average, uh, to absolutely hammer Raymond Smith 3-0 in straight sets, a win for Evil Charlie uh, in superb fashion. Yeah, yeah, he played really, really well. Um, I was... Like you say, it was it's pretty almost a, a coin toss of who who you fancied to win in this. I was slightly leaning towards towards Raymond Smith, just going off the back of what we saw from him last time, um, in how clinical he was as well on the finishing, and he just didn't quite have that today, and got punished for it by a very very good performance from, from Carroll, where he just just played really well. He was just like you say, he, he had to be on it to be winning because I mean, even with the ridiculous sort of finishing stats for, for Smith that were like a lot a long way off what we would expect. He still averaged well into the nineties. So shows you how sort of how well and how consistently he scored as well, but just didn't didn't get the result. Because yeah, I mean, just... that is 
that is and has been Raymond Smith's MO. He hits a lots of 140s, doesn't quite follow in with the maximums, um, but it is his doubling that put him on a bit of a run last year and put him on a fantastic run to go and win the week at the Motor Super Series, not the week, just gone the week before that. He looked very solid, very steady in that. So coming into this, the form guard, everything said that Raymond Smith was potentially set for another good run. But Carol Sedlicek has basically, and, and, and the performance of Scott Williams later on, has basically just proven that Q score is an absolute lottery. And sometimes the best players in the world don't get tour cards because this performance from Sedlicek is one of many that we've seen from him over the last couple of years where he is good enough to be a tour card holder. He is better than a fair few of the current tour card holders. Yeah. I, I know Raymond Smith isn't one of those, but that performance on a World Championship stage, not everybody on tour is capable of that as frequently or, or as comfortably as we saw Carol Sedlicek make that look. Yeah, exactly that. No, you're spot on. And it does show, I mean, the Q school format, it, it does lend itself to sometimes not the best players making it through. Um, but yeah, I thought, he was, I thought he was really good. And like you say, he's definitely somebody that we could see doing this week in, week out. We could indeed. Let me just check. Do we have the bold Czech Republican guy? We do not. Must be the one we are missing for today, then. So, we're going to move on uh, to the third match of the afternoon. It was Luke Woodhouse against Vladislav Omelchenko. Uh, look, scoreline, I think most people predicted this one. We didn't expect an awful lot uh, from the uh, Eastern European qualifier, I think it turned out to be. Um, but despite that, there were moments in this match for Vladislav that will make him walk away with a smile, in particular, the 143 checkout. Fired in a maximum as well. He had chances in set two and set three to really yeah. put Luke Woodhouse under a bit of pressure here. Um, but the experience of Woody just comfortable going through the gears as and when he needed it gets through three now. Yeah, I think we all probably expected three nil. Um, there was a lot of talk that it was going to be three nil, nine nil. Um, so to see him get get a few legs on the board, like you say, firing a max take out that one four three was lovely but bit of magic as well. I mean yeah, there's not many not many feel good stories in getting beat 3-0, but I think this was one today, wasn't it? Where he's definitely gonna go away happy even with a even with a three 0 loss in that he got this chance up there. First ever player from his country to play up there and and did himself proud, didn't he? Yeah, that's all look not everybody at the World Championships is there because they're capable of winning the World Championships, right? When you expand to a 96-player field, of which a third of that are qualifiers or or international players or, or whatever else, right? Not everybody there is capable of winning that tournament. Some are just there. A bit like the Olympics. Sometimes your minnow country turns up and, and just having their moment is enough. And I think today will have been enough for Omelchenko. It's, it's family and friends that were there supporting all of them, but one who actually knew what was going on because there was one where he won a leg and she's like, yay, like, because she was nudged by someone else to tell her to do yeah. it. Um, but it was a little bit feel good, wasn't it? He enjoyed his walk on, he had a massive smile on his face, um, had darts to win legs in the first set. I think that might have put him on the back foot just a little bit. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, from what I saw from the qualifier and the averages and stats-wise, I don't think it, that was far off what his A game is. Yeah. So he's, like you said, he's he not produced that moment, the one four three, a little bit of feel good up there, and, and he won't walk away disgraced by that, despite the fact that it was a three 0 victory, and pretty much everybody thought this was what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, 
it's one of those. If he'd gone up there and got beat nine nil in legs, then yeah, he might have walked away a little bit at this point. But I think I think that was probably as much, if not slightly more, than what he could have hoped for from this game. And and fair play to him, he's he's gone up there and he's he's given it a real go and he didn't freeze under pressure, like you say, he's average basically what you would expect what his sort of top level his his A game is. So it's just, it's impressive from him to be fair and like you say, it's a feel good moment, but Woody did exactly what what we kind of expect him to do, and he just just kind of had that extra gear that we know he's got. Yeah, he did. Do we think uh, it's an eighty-seven average? It's job done by Woody. Do we? There were the odd. There was the odd moment. Look, Amachenko puts him under a little bit of pressure, and there was a little bit of scrappiness, I guess, from Woody, especially on the scoring. Do we think there was an an, an air of trying a little bit too hard at times, just because everybody was expecting this to just go one way completely and it was a little bit closer than perhaps everybody was saying it was going to be. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's a little bit tough, isn't it? When everyone's expecting you just to steamroll someone. And anything you do other than that is always going to look a little bit sort of questionable as to how well you've played and people are going to look at it and say, oh, he should be doing better than that. But So it puts an added bit of pressure on. And but I think I think it was pretty good for him today. He held it together and just did what he needed to do. And I think we'll see him perform better than that in the next round. Yeah, I think there's only really one darts match in recent memory that I can recall where you looked at it pre-match and said, this person is going to win in straight sets, straight legs, and it actually come off. Yeah. And that was Lisa Ashton at the Women's World Championship at the Indigo against Paula yeah. Jackson. That was possibly the easiest money I've ever made gambling, to be quite <laughs> honest. Um, but there were plenty of others that, that thought the same, and it actually came off. There have been other situations or matchups where you look at it and go, yeah, I've got a chance here, and doesn't quite turn into that. But, um, yeah, look, a victory for Luke Woodhouse. We're going to hear from him now and see what he had to say in his post-match conference. Fingers with myself. Like, players know I'm more than capable of my top game is really, really good. But it's just that if I drop off a little bit, then my sort of B and C game is probably not quite good enough to, to win games. But, like I say, if I'm going to turn up and play my A game, then a lot of players, they've got something to think about. Oh yeah, I mean, like I say, today was today was all about getting through that first game. Um, yeah, to play Gezes on the world stage, and obviously he was world champion two years ago. Um, yeah, for me, that's that's what it's all about. But like I say, I've got to play a lot better than that. Like probably put another ten points on my average, really, to to really push him, really. So um, if I can do that, then then yeah, you, you never know, really. So. But yeah, the whole thing was win that game, have a, have a shot at Gezi, and then we'll go from there, really. Job done professionally by Luke Woodhouse in his performance and in his post-match press conference. Just said yeah. the right things, didn't he? Uh, evening to everybody that's joined us in the chat room. Colin, we see you. How are we doing, buddy? Jamie's dropped in as well. Uh, Jamie says, I think he gets a set versus prize maybe in two. Yeah, look, Luke Woodhouse's A game, 100% is good enough to go and, and give Gerwin Price a match, but who plays like he did against Vladislav Lomachenko. I do fear for him in the next round. Uh, we close out the afternoon session with a match that on paper should have been spectacular, a match that on the TV, in front of TV cameras possibly should have even gone the other way, given recent history. However, Damon Hetter has won two TV titles and he's on track for possibly a third here at this World Championship after an exceptional performance against a very under-par Adrian Lewis. Uh, the Heat winning 3-0 against Jackpot straight sets. 3-1, 3-2, 3-1, 96 averages, I said, for Hetter. Just 
solid from Damon whilst Lewis was at the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I didn't really see this one going this way. I didn't see it. It was one of those, again, a little bit of a, of a coin toss game going in. I didn't wasn't really sure who I fancied to win it. Um, glad I wasn't having to predict it last night on the show. But um, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was with AD today because he, he looked pretty good um, in his first game. And I don't know whether he was just trying too hard, whether there's just... Well, he talked this week about the fact that Obviously, he needs to start performing better up there, otherwise he's not going to be around for much longer. And I don't know whether that was just in his head when he's up there and he's thinking too much about it, but he was he was nowhere near the level that we know he can play at. And, yeah, quite disappointing today. Um, and not sort of fun to watch. Someone that loves watching AD in full flow, it's, it, just, it just wasn't there at all. And he, there was never really any moments where you felt like it was coming. No, no. I think that was the issue in the performance today. As good as Damon Hare was, this was all about Adrian Lewis just just not turning up today. You said there about we know what level he can reach. We know what level his A game is at. We know what level he produced on this stage in the last 40 hours. It was nowhere near that either, which is the more concerning thing, because I think there was more gears to come after the performance we saw from him in round one. Um, yeah. But it was just a completely different action. It was like he never settled up on that stage at all. It was AD of two and a half years ago on his on his when his back injury was on his way back and you know the scruffy looking AD Lewis that wasn't shaven and that was tinkering with yeah. darts all over the place. It was so wild and there was just no the rhythm seemed to be there with the throw, but just the placement didn't. Like it was like, all right, I'll play at this pace and it'll mask anything else that comes from this. But it was just a really unsettled performance from AD Lewis. Didn't look like he had any fight whatsoever to to live with Damon Hatter. No, it didn't. It was it was a strange one, like you say, it was nowhere near what we'd seen from him the other night and it's just I don't I don't know, because we all know that he's at his best when he's just up there and natural and just not really thinking about it and just playing and it just looked like that wasn't the case at all. Like he clearly wasn't there was no freedom in it and no it just wasn't what we've come to expect from him, really. Yeah, as for the Heat, solid performance up on that stage, given all of the attention on his TV form from the likes of me, you, and pretty much everybody else out there as well, going, actually, he might be in trouble in this one. When we were looking at seeds that might be in trouble, we saw that Adrian Lewis name coming through Daniel Larson, and you're like, hang about. AD's had a good six months. Damon's TV form struggled to get out around one, but... That's the way to do it, isn't it? Over 50% on your doubles, two-ton pluses, four maximums, 96 average. And actually, I think Damon played at just that little bit of a quicker pace. And I think, just going back to that pace quickly, I think AD anticipated a slower match, so went in there just trying to get on with it himself. Yeah. A bit taken aback by the fact that Damon was actually pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty rapid. I mean, he's not particularly slow anyway, Damon, but he's... Yeah, I don't mean he did just seem a little bit faster, a little bit like he was just, he looked really comfortable up there and yeah, I wouldn't fancy playing him. No, now he's got his foot in the door up on that stage, he's got a chance, hasn't he? And, and that's yeah. all you can do, like the cliche, you're still in it, whatever. But Damon Hetter's form this year has been good enough to win major titles. Damon Hetter's TV performances haven't quite been there, but... If he stays at this level or better for the rest of the tournament, he does have a real chance, doesn't he? Let's hear then from the Heat and see what he had to say afterwards. 
Yeah, 100%. It just, yeah, it's just, people are always going to have their doubts, aren't they? You know what I mean? And they're going to have their bets and all that. So, you know what I mean? It's up to me and just what I do and, and shut that out and, and be professional about it. Just play my game and, and be happy and enjoy it. At the end of the day, just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Simple. Problem solved for Damon Hatter. That's how you make your way into round three of the PDC World Championship. A quick reminder, all these interviews are available in full on the YouTube channel as well. Make sure you like and subscribe and all that jazz to those of you that joined us after I said that right at the start. Into the afternoon session, Cam, and myself and Dan bigged this session up a little bit yesterday. And I gave my brother some abuse for saying how he thought it was mediocre and crap and whatever else in conversations we've had previous. Um, and to be honest, when you look at the lineup, right, it's not the most standout big names. And I think the PDC have done that deliberately because the fact that PDC, the FIFA World Cup was on, if England have been involved in that, etc., they've gone a little bit international with it and, and the like. But in doing so, they actually created a little bit of a monster of a session here, I think. Yeah. There were yeah, no, four really. really nicely matched players, uh, matchups on paper. All four of these, you looked at them when actually... You can make an argument for both of these players, wouldn't it? It didn't quite unravel that way. In fact, none of them went to a deciding set, but that was because of the brilliance of one player in each of these matches in particular. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, this was the one when we were looking, when we were doing our preview videos the other day and looking at the games that we fancied to, to be good out of out of the first round. Um, I was very, very close to picking the second game in this session as my one. Um, and it just so happened that I quite fancied the one that was just after it in Matt Campbell, Danny Baggish. But it it was just a really good night. It was just like you say, well matched. It was they were always gonna be fairly close and competitive. No one's gonna completely blow someone out of the water, you wouldn't have thought. Although like you say, the brilliance that we saw from some of them, it actually turned out that they weren't that as close as we thought they might be. Yeah, they were indeed. We start off with Mark Dudeka's win over Jeff Smith. And look, weird, this is one of them strange things. It feels very much like a Michael Owen statement to make. But this felt a lot better than an 88 average from Mike Dudeka. I thought it was exceptional early on as well. Put Jeff yeah, Smith under all sorts of pressure. To finish with a lower average than Jeff Smith, but a 3-1 victory, seems strange to say. But it was a really good performance from Mike Dudeka. I'm just not sure how the numbers have worked out this way. Yeah, no, I was just thinking exactly that then. Um, I was just obviously had the stats up there in front of me. Um, and I was, I watched this game and I thought Mike Decker averaged about 98, not 88. <laughs> I thought he, he looked like he played really, really well up there. Um, and somehow he's, I, I, I feel like that's an error. I'm not, <laughs> I feel like something's gone wrong. But I think where you look at it is 1 140. And he's hit 8 180s, but he's not hit the consistent sort of 140 scoring in between that. So that's probably where the difference in the numbers is. But it obviously looks a better performance because you're seeing a couple of ton-plus finishes that came in the first two legs and then obviously 8 180s over the, over the match as well. And that's probably where it felt a little bit of a better performance than possibly it was. Clinical on the outer ring, though, which was what sort of set him apart really here. And he looked, I thought he looked really good up there. Yeah, I don't think Jeff Smith played that badly. Even look, he's finished with a 92 average. He's been beaten 3-1. Possibly a little unfortunate to be 2-0 down, especially in that second set. Does reel off the third as well. And at that point, you're thinking, actually, careful in case Rod Studd's listening, that Smith had a little bit of momentum there and was possibly the better player at one point. 
made the Lakeside World Final on debut. He's, he's been in set play before. We know what he's capable of. But it just seems to be the case that for one reason or another, it isn't happening in Jeff Smith's starting career, whether that be travel problems, luggage issues, or actually on the board being beaten by solid performances or, or whatever, just not being able to get over the line in them 50-50s. It's just not going there for Jeff Smith right now, is it? Yeah, I know. It's just one of those things, isn't it? We kind of alluded to it there in that he doesn't have a lot of luck, does he? Um, in terms of whether it's, like you say, travel or whether it's the draws he gets. Because, I mean, it's not any... There's, there are easier draws out there than he could have had than, than might be there for first up here and, and the way that he played as well. So, I think, yeah, he's just... It's not quite happening for him at the moment, but we know how good he is and he is certainly careful of going up there and winning these sorts of matches sort of quite comfortably and it's just not not happening for him at the moment yeah it's not and the other thing to keep an eye on at this point he hasn't lost it as yet uh but the live order of merit puts jeff smith at 63rd um so there are a few players below i think there's five players if they win the next game can all go above him and some that have to win two games or more to go above him but he's, he's basically got hope for one out of the five if two or more out of the five players that are one game away win their next game or something, Jeff Smith will lose his scorecard. So uh, something else for him to keep an eye on over the next few days. Uh, as for Mark Dedeka, look, we saw his pedigree on the youth tour a few years ago. Him and Dimitri used to push each other all the time, but hasn't quite expanded into the pro ranks as perhaps many would have thought. Uh, let's hear what he had to say after his victory, though. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why or what happened, but I just started to get nervous um, as you probably know the, the, the attention in Belgium for the last two three years has been massive and I think I started talking about that because I've been doing really well the last couple of months and it's it's been going oh Mike is, is the best Belgium at the moment and and I tried to block it off but at some point in that game I, I started thinking about it because everyone is expecting me to to win and then it was a roller coaster of emotions. I'm a, a mature comment from mine. Perhaps not the thought process up on stage. There is an argument to be made, and I hadn't really thought about that, that perhaps form-wise, he was the best Belgian in the last few months. Look, Dimitri's performance earlier on in this tournament may have squandered that a little bit, but since that change in manufacturing, we haven't quite seen the level that we expect from Dimitri van der Bergen. And pro tour-wise, Mike Decker was certainly in that conversation. However, we do need to move on uh, to. It's not a record as such because we've seen it before, but this is only the second time that we've seen a player win with a ton plus average in round one in the last 96 since they changed the format of the PDC World Championships. And the other player that had that average was another Belgium in Kim Hybrex. So there's a very, very tedious link there somewhere. It was just difficult for me to spit it out. But Scott Williams was unbelievable, Cam, in a 3-1 victory over Ryan Joyce. Joyce actually finishes with 103 average. He just lost in the first round of the World Championships with 103 on day four in a tournament where we've seen players struggling to get over 90. How unlucky must you be to just be the man that falls into that trap? Yeah, like I say, I nearly picked this as being my, my sort of game of the first round and and he sort of lived up to it completely, didn't he? I mean, it's not just that he's averaged 103 range, it's also over 40% on his doubles as well, which 
if you'd said to him before the and game, seven one eighties, seven one eighties, forty percent on the doubles, averages a hundred and three, and loses three one to a man on debut at the World Championships. You'd, if he'd woken up this morning and you said, right, you're going to go up there, you'll average 103 and you'll average 41% on your doubles, he'd have shook your hand and he'd have come back in, in a week's yeah. time for, for the next round. Is, how many legs am I dropping in the three sets? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was just funny. I mean, that first set from Scott Williams, 116 <laughs> average almost. Like, it was just outrageous. And... Then at the end was very very good as well. Uh, he had a little wobble in the middle, but took advantage of his chance to to get over the line in in the third set, and then went off and and reeled off the the last one as well to get over the line. But just a a really good performance from someone making the debut up there as well. But he doesn't lack for a confidence, does he? He's not he's not not shy, isn't the boy? Yeah. And, and... He's not going to be shy and handing over cash to the DRA by the looks of it, because no, he got caught out in an interview, this silly boy. Um, probably needs a couple more wins, to be honest. Yeah, it feels strange to say that he dropped off in the second set. It's almost inevitably going to drop off from 115 average. But do you think that break, if he'd stayed up on that stage, do you think we'd be talking about something even more impressive right now? You get five, four or five minutes to go off stage, think about what you've just done, come back out on stage and go, right, I'm going to do it again. It's just not very likely at all, is it? No, no. And as much as he is as confident as he is and he's got that self-belief and look pretty relaxed up there, it is going to hit you what you've just done in that first set when, when, you, when you've when you gone off stage. And like you say, if it was straight up first two sets and then you go into a break, he probably does, probably keeps it going for a bit more and possibly reels off a 3-0 win. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was impressive for him. I mean, the only disappointment was the lack of the yellow shoes. He said they hurt his feet after a half an hour. And Mardle made the comment on commentary that might not be up there half an hour. No, no, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not going to get any better if he doesn't wear them. He just needs to wear them in a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> a quick word on Joyce, right? Because he was number 33 on the Pro Tour Order of Merit by £250. He was almost unlucky to not be in the world championships outright in that seeded in that in that pro tour side shall we say then goes to the qualifier comes through a tough run puts himself into this tournament you're like right that's probably ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What he deserves after the floor season in particular that Ryan's had, especially towards the back end of the year and whatever, 
And then he goes and draws Scott Williams. I mean, he's pretty safe for his tour card, but that just sums up the bad run of luck that Ryan George is having right now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And we've seen it this year. I mean, he's he's playing really well. Um, and he's, he's dangerous for anyone. And if you're not buying that, he's going to punish you because he's capable of going up there and, and averaging with, with the best of them. And Yeah, I think... He was just he's just unlucky today. I mean, he's just absolutely run into one today that's just he couldn't have done much else with. Talking of playing with the best of them, I don't want to go too big too early on Scott Williams, but he has been building up very, very nicely. Obviously, does not have a tour card yet. Is about to earn one outright. And then that's that, that spot that he would have got from the top of the challenge tour is about to move down because he is lying in their world rankings and just moving as well. So to win a tour card outright from scratch in a year from the Challenge Tour is a ridiculous achievement in itself, despite the fact he would have got one through the Challenge Tour anyway. But the performance level, what he's capable of, the fact we've seen him play Moda Super Series to such a high level as well, and now he's doing it on TV. I tweeted something earlier that perhaps we've been bigging up the the Rob Cross meteoric rise about the wrong player at the minute. Josh Rock has been exceptional and as World Youth Champion, but he's had those opportunities to play as a tour card holder. Scott Williams is about to announce himself to the world, perhaps not as, as a world champion, but certainly in his debut world championship at a ridiculously high level with a little bit of swagger. And it's no coincidence that actually he practices with Rob Cross, that they're about to experience possibly similar trajectories to start their PDC career. Yeah, yeah, and like you say, I, I'm not sure we've been talking about the wrong one. Maybe we should be talking about both because Josh Rock is fully deserving of of, of the talk that that he's been getting. But yeah, like you say, he, Scott's certainly got to be in the conversation as well because I mean to turn up and do that on your first ever time on that world stage is is something really impressive, and he's clearly he's clearly got it, and he's got that little bit of arrogance that is. Not he's not going to get held back in not believing in himself, like we see sometimes when people are making the 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 way in in the sport. It's he certainly it won't be it won't be for for lack of confidence and lack of self belief that he if he doesn't get right to the top. It's absolutely not lacking in that at all, is he? Let's see what you have to say then. His post match press conference. I'd love to pick that Sydney trophy up. Absolutely love it, but. Uh, that that's two that's two and a half weeks away. We'll we'll speak about it when I'm in the final on the on the Sunday. <laughs> yeah, every any stage, literally any stage, any stage. Give me stage, give me cameras, give me people, and I will give you a good game, or I'll try to give you a good game. If not a good game, I'll make you laugh. One of the two, you get one or the other. Not <laughs> don't get both. Not lacking confidence. Yeah, I'll see you in the final. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Perfect we'll timing for that, Scott Williams. However, he's got a chance because he's still in the tournament. A long yeah. way to go right now. But Scott Williams does progress to take on Rob Cross. Uh, penultimate game of the evening session in Cam. And this one, scoreline again, pretty one-sided. It was a football North American clash. Canada versus North America. Uh, Danny Baggish against Matt Campbell. Um Baggage won this one 3-0. He did. This was my this was my pick for a game of the first round, and I thought this was one that would go right right to the end. Um obviously Baggage really needed the win. He's, he needs I think at least one more, if not two more, to 
to keep his card and to not have to go back to Q School again in January. Um, but I thought, I thought while he played well, and I thought he was good and he, he hit things at the right time to make sure that he was winning legs and getting over the line in the match, I, I thought Matt Campbell was was a bit off, to be honest. I didn't think he was anywhere near what we know he can do. Yeah, look, stats-wise, it says that this match was pretty close, but it just felt like Baggish had everything he needed whenever he needed. We've been big on, on Matt Campbell and his potential, perhaps not what we've seen from him fully, but there's a solid base of an action there. There's, there's a very, very good A-level game, but we just don't see that anywhere near often enough, and there are concerns now that the B game perhaps isn't as good as it needs to be to be at this level as well. Um, disaster on the outer ring, though. Just five from 18 for Matt Campbell. Probably the reason why he's, he's stared down the barrel of a, a 3-0 loss to Baggish, who seems to save his best for that stage. Yeah, it's not just that. I mean, the scoring as well. I mean, he's not hit 180 either. And then he's done very little on the on the outer ring as well. He's, he's going to struggle against most people. But when you've got Danny Baggish playing like he did there, and like you say, loves it up on that stage and... We definitely see his best up there, which is why he's in the position he's in as well. And having to win up there a couple of times, at least yeah, to keep his talk. Three on. more wins. Is it three more? Is it at least two more? But uh... yeah. yeah, it's not. That's why he's in that position because he's not doing it away from from the big stage. But I suppose if there's one place you want to do it, it's it's up on that stage at the Ali Bali, like. Two more wins would provisionally get him in, but that's provided nobody else jumps from out. Yeah. Danny Janssen, Cameron Menzies, Gert Nenchez, Jim Williams, Neil Zonneveld or Sadlerchek win another game. So all likelihood that he's going to have to win at least two more to, to save his tour card. Yeah, not really where you want to be. But if he keeps playing like that, he, he might well do it. Yeah, a bit of fight from him. Let's hear then from the Gambler. And see what I had to say after that 3 0 victory over Matt Campbell. It bother me. Um, I, I like uh, putting up good numbers, putting up big checkouts, and, and celebrating with them. So, um, you know, I'm a showman. So, uh, whether I win or lose, I'm always going to have fun. Yeah, it's a learning curve. Uh, you know, we, back in the States, you know, I'm a, no, no disrespect to anyone, but I feel like I'm a, I'm a big fish in a little pond. And you come over here, I'm a little fish in a big pond. So, um, for the first year, year and a half, I, didn't, I wasn't comfortable. I had to adjust leaving my family. I had to adjust uh, FaceTiming my son and stuff like that and my girl. And uh, it was tough. It was tough. But I've been playing well the last six months. And, and I told everyone that I'm, I'm super confident coming into this tournament. I don't, I don't care who's in it. I'm, I'm just confident. I like that fighting talk from Baggish as he goes through something that I've seen firsthand from other pros as well. Just that being away. From yeah. home is, is incredibly difficult for players, especially some that live as far away as, as they do to, to America, to the other side of the world, the other way. Um, incredibly tough for him to do that, but a superb win for Danny Baggish. It does keep those tour card hopes alive. Uh, on to the final match of the night, Cam. And Nathan Aspinall told everybody his plan was to get out in front of Boris Kirchmann and watch him crumble just a little bit, as often happens on the tour. Um, it looked like that wasn't going to go to plan. Boris Kirchmann raced into a two-leg lead in the first set. Um, but I thought John Park summed it up perfectly on commentary this evening. When he was going for a leg double, Kirchmann looked ridiculously solid. When he was going for a set double, he had nothing tonight. And he, whilst he did win set two, it's let him down massively through the rest of the match. 
Yeah, yeah, he just he just wobbled when it was that important one to, to get over the line and get the set on the board. Um, I mean, he was lucky to win set two, to be honest, because he missed chances in that one as well, didn't he? And then Nathan let him come back for another goal, and that's that's when he got over the line um, on the double three last starting hand, I think it was. But I think, yeah, it was... Nathan did what he needed to. I thought he played pretty well, actually, to be honest. Um, I think there's still another gear there if he needs it, but he was he was pretty solid. And I mean, the fair play to Boris as well. He didn't he didn't crumble when Nathan nicked that first set, which we could have seen him do. Like I say, he came back and he won the second set. He was in he was in the third set, and then yeah, the fourth set he probably did crumble a little bit at that point, but he didn't just fall apart like. Like Nathan had kind of suggested he might do. Yeah, I think the ass looked good there. It's a good solid base for him and someone that could have a little bit of a run. Yeah, interesting part of the draw that the ass finds himself in as well. Johnny Clayton, Peter Wright, that big names, but perhaps aren't in the the title winning form that we've seen from him in the past. That that quarter could evolve quite nicely. Uh Word on Boris Kirchner, like I said, just he didn't crumble as, as Aspinall suggested once you're out in front of him, but he didn't quite have enough to to stop the Aspinus tracks did. No, he didn't. But I mean, the way the way Nathan played up there tonight, not not many do have enough to sort of stop him in his tracks when he's when he's playing well and he's consistently in one forties like he was. I think when he's in that mode and when he's playing like that, you've got you've got to do a lot to beat him. Yeah, indeed. Let's hear from the Asp and see what he had to say after that win. I love this tournament. You know, just you know, previous to this, I could I could spoke. The last time I was at Ali Pali was probably the lowest mo- moment in my career. You know, I was walking on stage, covered in tape. You know, dosed up to with tablets and ibuprofen, covered in DP and Tiger Balm, and I got absolutely battered. And it was the lowest point in my career. So driving up, yeah, I was nervous. I was a bag of nerves. Um, you know, I wanted to show that Nathan's back, and. Um, did, did we do that with that performance? Probably not, but there were signs there. Uh, there were good signs there, and uh, I'm going to take positives from that. I've been practicing really hard coming into the tournament, and um, you know I've got to go away from this win. And today's only the second round. Go back, practice hard, enjoy Christmas Day with my family, which I can't wait for. I'll get a week off now, um, and uh, come back Boxing Day and all guns blazing. Um, you know I've, I've set myself targets. Obviously, after my injury, get back in the top 16. Tick. Then get back in the top ten, tick. Then make a major final, tick. Premier League, <laughs> not a tick yet, <laughs> but that, that's what I'm working towards. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my darts. There's no pressure on my shoulders anymore. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago there was a lot of pressure, and it's really, really tough. I think you've seen that with Josh last night. You know, the expectation of Josh's shoulder is 21. You know, the expectations on his shoulders last night, and he, yeah, he won, but he didn't play like he had been playing. Now I can just enjoy my darts and yeah, all the shackles are off and I'm just enjoying my darts. Interesting. Did Nathan just tell us that he's in the Premier League without telling us that he's in the Premier League? There was a hesitation there that might suggest that somebody knows something a little bit more than that, perhaps that the rest of the world. said something that I'm not allowed to say yet. Yeah, let's. Uh, oh, I shouldn't really tick this one, wasn't it? It was that moment, wasn't it, where you he just saw him leave his uh, face. Oh, Bollocks, I've gone too far. Uh... Maybe, maybe one day, we'll see. Um, let's move on, though, before he gets in trouble. Before we get in trouble, I doubt it, but 
we'll be absolutely fine. Uh, as we move on to Monday, another double session of action uh, from Alexandra Palace, another eight games for us to look ahead to. Why is there only one session on Tuesday, but everything else is double? Someone must know the answer to that. Um, it's a good question, and I don't know the answer either. Um, there's nothing else happening on Tuesday, is there? No. Duh. But anyway, maybe just Tuesday is just that difficult to get off work. Um, <laughs> Monday yeah. then at the Alexandra Palace as we move into day number five, eight games just to predict. Uh, we'll try and go at a reasonable pace here. We'll get everybody in the chat room involved as well, but let's not waffle on too long at 20 to 1 in the morning and 45 minutes show in the bag already, Cam. Uh, we open up the afternoon with Andrew Gilding against Challenge Tour number two and new tour card holder Rob Owen. Where are you going with this one? Um, where am I going with this one? I think I think Gilding will win. Um, I think 3-1. I think I think we see Rob Owen get a, get a set but I think Gilding this year has just been a little bit too good and I think he that form that he's had this year I think we see that carry on I think we'll see him get the win both of these players are just as awkward in the way they set up at the hockey they're both step across folks they're both from one extreme side of the other so it's going to be interesting to see how the cameras work on that one for a start uh, I'm going to go the same way but I'm going to say 3-2 I've been impressed with what I've seen from Robert and nobody's won more super series weeks or, or live league weeks or anything like that and sets are, are very very similar they're not exactly the same because you go straight back on again but first of fours in those first of threes in these he's got experience in these short little bursts and that might pay well for him up there um so i'm going to say he goes three two but i do think gilded just gets over the line his scoring power this year has been very very good however we have seen some nerves from gilded this year when he's trying to get over the line in that final moment um, but yeah, 3-2 for me. And we've got 3-1 for Gildin, says Harry, as does Jack as well. Uh, Tommy says 3-2 to Gildin. Uh, Jamie says 3-2 Gildin. And G says 3-2 as well. On to the second match of the afternoon. It's uh, the Netherlands, Danny Janssen against Paolo Nebreda. How do you see this one going? Um, I think... Another one where I think I think this one could be 3-0. I think Danny Anson wins this 3-0, to be honest. Um, I think he'll just have a little bit too much. Basically, what you're trying to say is the same as me. I know absolutely bugger all against Nebrado. This would be a complete shot in the dark at the yeah, minute. Yeah, I was, I, I was trying to do it without, without admitting the fact that I haven't got a clue. Look. There are some things where Wikipedia just lay things out better. It's not always the best for um, information or whatever. We get that. But actually, the way that they structure schedules and draws all in one page, all on, all on one site, is, is, is better for what we do. He doesn't have a clickable name. It's difficult to go and find out about a professional dart player yeah. that isn't a professional in Wikipedia's eyes. Um, not enough research done onto him. Um, look, Danny Hudson started the year very, very hot. Hasn't quite backed up in the second half of the year. So because of that, I'm going to give Nebreda a set just because I'm moving into the unknown here. Uh, but I'm going to say 3-1 to Danny. Yeah, give him a set. <laughs> is where we're going. Uh, Tommy's got Janssen 3-0, as is Harry. Uh, Bob's got Janssen 3-2. Uh, Jack's got Janssen 3-1. Jamie's got Janssen 3-1. 
just got here. I'm assuming you already laughed at Scott getting another DRA fine. Yeah, absolute. I haven't even seen his full press conference yet either. We did play a clip. He didn't say anything in that one. Um, let's just hope his management company have got deep pockets because it feels like he's going to do this an awful lot in the next two yeah. years. If you stick a but microphone... If, but if he keeps playing like that, he's going to be able to pay him out of his own pocket, so it'll be all right. Yeah, but Daryl Gurney's a two-time major winner and he spoke about how they changed him a little bit because yeah. he just couldn't afford the fines anymore. So it does put that a little bit more pressure on you, I guess. Uh, on to the third match. And once again, we see another Dutchman, Neil Zonneveld, against Louis Williams. I think this one is a little bit closer than the last one, Cam. But which way are you going with it? Yeah, I think this is actually a really good game. Um, I think Louis might beat him. 3-2. I think it's going to be really close. And I think it goes... It goes deep in in pretty much every every set, but yeah, I think Louis gets over the line three two. We've we've not seen the best from Louis Williams, especially for the last six to nine months. Perhaps earlier on, and when he did pick up a tour card and whatever else, he was very very good, very very solid, made a bit of an impression. But I think we can say similar about Zonneveld. He, he's slowly building in his career. He, he's not had one big moment where it's been a big burst, but he's getting better and better and more consistent. All I do know is. If this is a five-setter and every set goes deep, we're going to be here long because it's not going to be rat-a-tat-paced. They're both not methodical, not slow, but they're both set. They've got their action. Yeah. It's not Van Gogh in pace, but it's not someone very slow pace, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, however, I'm going to go Zonneval just shade this one. I'm going to say 3-2 for me. Uh, Tommy's got Louis Williams 3-2. Jack's got Williams 3-1. Jesus got Louis 3-2 as well. Uh, Harry's got Zonneveld 3-2. Bob's got Louis Williams 3-2. Jamie's got Zonneveld 3-0. On to the final match of the afternoon. And if they both turn up, this could be a belter. If not, this could be absolutely anything. Uh, It's Jose de Salza against Simon Whitlock. Two players that have won major titles, that have ridiculous scoring power, that have the ability to finish in the most dramatic ways because, look, Simon can count, but he goes some weird ways. Jose can't count, which means he just goes whichever way appears in front of him. Um, how do you see this one going? Uh, yeah, it's either this is either 110 plays 107 or 81 plays 80. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I think it'll be, I think it's going to be in the better end of it. I think it's going to be a real game. And I think Simon gets over the line, and I think he wins 3-1. I don't think Jose is in the best of form. We haven't seen a great deal from him in recent times. And, you know, Simon, when he's on, he's, he's almost unplayable at times. He's had that test against Perez as well earlier on the tournament as well. Obviously, he's got that advantage of having already played. Not to yeah. his very best, but he does have that in his locker. The sales are 14th on the order of merit. What do we have? 10 grand at the Euros. A lot of first round and second round exits. I haven't really seen him go deep since the world match play. Where he did make the quarterfinals. I think I'm going to shade it to Jose. And I think I'm going to say 3-2. Chat room, where do you guys go with this one? Jesus got Whitlock 3-2. Tommy's got DeSales a 3-1. 3-2 for Whitlock from Jack. 3-2 Whitlock says Bob. Uh, Daniel says Jose to miscount. 
I'm not even sure the bookies will take odds on that anymore. It's just no, that odds on. Whitlock 3-1, Whitlock 3-2 for Jamie. Uh, and Joel says to Souza 3-1 win. Uh, into the afternoon session, and we see Gert Nenches take on another yeah. game. Speaking of miscounts, we forgot to mention Boris's miscount, to be fair. It's a lovely 108 checkout when he was on 104. Be honest, because I didn't see it. <laughs> you know, like a lot of darts is just blending into one, and it's only day four already. You know, when it's just yeah. off, and you might like text or whatever, like yeah. you've seen how many WhatsApps are going, I'm in so many more. <laughs> it's just yeah. ridiculous. Like, oh, bugger, I've just missed that one moment or whatever, which is why we're not the most in depth. But yeah, miscounts moved on. Lenegates, Gert Nenches, breakdancing versus Gert. Yeah. Um, um, I like Len Gates and I want to pick him to win but no, I don't think no. he will no no I think he gets beat 3-1 I agree uh, Gert's A game is one of the best we've seen from that Dev Tour era that Dimi Mike Dedeka Ted Evitz Luke Humphreys Gert Nunchez A game is up there with the very, very best of those players. He just doesn't produce it anywhere near enough. We're starting to see a little bit more and more, but I think he's got too much for Leonard Gates up there. Um, in this one, what do we have? Harry says Nenches 3-0. Tommy says Nenches 3-1. G says Nenches 3-1. Uh, Bob says Nenches 3-1. Uh, Joel says, I don't know much about Nenches, but Gates counting is even worse than Jose. I think clean sweep for Gert is where we're going to go with that one. And on to the next one, uh, Richie Edhouse against David Cameron. I'm intrigued by this one. Yeah. Edhouse, yeah, very capable, will hit 180s if he's in flow. David Cameron, world seeing as world master, looked very good in the Super in the super Series the other week. He's just got levels to David Cameron where he won't go away. And he, look, he's won on TV before. This would not be a surprise if, if Cameron went and got a job done, I think. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. And he, like you say, he's one of those that won't go away. And if you if you miss chances, he's gonna he's gonna take his. That being said, though, I do think Richie wins. I think it'll be close in three two. I just think scoring power might just get him over the line. I'm going Cameron. I'm going to say he wins this 3-2. I, I think it goes close again, but I just think he's had so many close moments in front of a TV camera that he's got it, especially when you win a Masters title, which is best of, which is sets, but best of three, not best of five. You get those moments over and over and over again. And yeah. he's had Phil Taylor on the charge behind him, and he stayed strong with it. And look, with all respect, the name of Phil Taylor is scarier than what Rich Eddowes is going to produce for Darbon. Yeah, and he's held fair. it together in that moment. He's played a lot of darts since then as well. I'm going Cameron 3-2. Uh, what do we have in the chat room? We have Cameron 3-2 from Tommy, as does Harry. Cameron 3-1 from Bob. Cameron 3-2 from G's. Uh, Mr. David says Ed House will win. Uh, Jack's got Ed House 3-1 and Joel's got Cameron 3-1. Plenty of you back in the Canadian because it's not been their best tournament so far after Jeff Smith and Matt Campbell lost earlier. Uh, penultimate game of the night. Um Steve Beaton against Danny Van Tripp. I'm a little bit fearful for Steve here. Yeah, it's another one where I want to pick him to win, but I'm not sure if I can do. 
I don't know whether my internet's gone or yours, so I don't know if anyone can still hear me. Um, yeah, I think... No, I think Steve gets off the line 3-2. I'm going to go the other way, but I think it's 3-1 as well. I think Steve Beaton's pace will only help Danny Van Tripp to play, and I just think young, not scared, uh, look very good. I think... I might be on a completely wrong player. You know, when so much blends into one. But he had a decent run at the World Masters of the week as well. Uh, I'm sure he did. And he played yeah. all right in the Super Series. I, I just think he's got that little bit too much in that one. So I'm going to say Danny Van Tripp, 3-1. Uh, question in the chat room from... Is that the Matthew Stevens, the professional snooker player? It says, hi, guys. Love the show. Been following you for ages. I'm on the snooker tour and the ranking system is similar to darts. But surely Luke having 7.5 can given to him is ridiculous. Thought not his fault, by it. as in Tump Luke Woodhouse winning earlier. We've got to give him what? We're gonna have to wait for. We're gonna have to wait for a reply. I'll go through the yeah. scores for this one. If that's actually Matthew Stevens, I'm a bit taken back here. Uh, Harry's got beaten three nil. Uh, Joel's got beaten three nil. G's got beaten three two. Sam Beaton's got three nil. Dad, love that. <laughs> um, Jamie's got beaten 3-1. Mr. David's got beaten. Tommy's got beaten 3-2. Jack's got beaten 3-1. Bob's got Danny Van Tripp 3-2. I'm not the only one, Bob. Thank you very much for helping me out there. Uh, and then we will go on to Gerwin Price against Luke Woodhouse. Um, the world number one and former world champion uh, takes on Luke Woodhouse in this one after he did beat Vladislav Omelchenko earlier on this afternoon. Um I think I know who you're going to predict to win this one. And I think I I could I could pretty much see where you're going to go with this one. It's Gerwin Price to win. And it depends which Luke Woodhouse turns up as to how many sets he gets. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty much. Yeah, I think I think we'll see Luke play well. I think I thought he was he was solid today. He did what he needed to do. I think he's got another level he can go to and probably will go to in this. I think we'll see him maybe average mid-90s. Play pretty well. He'll get a set, but Gezi will just be too good and win 3-1. I think similar. I like Luke Woodhouse. I think he's a fantastic talent. I'm not sure we see his A game often enough. And without that, I don't think he pushes going price tomorrow. Saw Gezi in an exhibition the other week. I say saw him. I was there, did an interview with him. And then the moment I left, he averaged 132 for a set against Ricky Evans. That's what happens when you play It's Coming Home as Ricky's walk-on. Apparently, the Welsh boys don't like it. Uh, but I'm going to go 3-1 in that one as well. Uh, predictions in that one from everybody else. Uh, we scroll back. Mr. David has got Price. Tommy's got Price 3-1. G's got Price 3-1. Harry's got Price 3-0. Daniel Price 3-1. Mr. David Price 3-0. We've got Price 3-1 for Joel and for Bob. 3-0 uh, wins for Jack and Mr. David as well. Um there we have it then, folks. That is all of our predictions wrapped up. Um, as we look ahead to tomorrow's session and look back, a quick reminder then, folks, from a few things. Um, do make sure you check us out on social media, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Some clips from all our interviews are available on TikTok as well. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel to get involved. Make sure you keep up to date with all the interviews from Phil, who's up at Alexander Palace for the entire tournament. Uh, and some more content coming your way in 2023. We've had some decent conversations in this last week as we try and get some more content in place for you guys, especially as you look ahead to Q School as well. 
I don't mean given, but it wasn't going to lose in all reality. Yes, it's Matthew. I guess that's the way the draw works, Matt. Perfect. Thanks for watching, by the way. I'm quite shocked Hello, by this. Yeah. Genuinely seen you play at the Crucible before. Um, I think this is the difference in the World Championship. Obviously, there's significantly more qualifying rounds for the for the World Championship in snooker. Um, and then reaching the Crucible, you, you know you're guaranteed a bit of a, a tougher test. Here, it's the more the merrier it feels like. And there is an incredibly high weighting of prize money in darts. I think that is an issue for the World Championship. But as long as uh, we all know what, what Mr. Barry Hearn is like, that top number means a lot to him. Yeah. And as soon as we get this World Championship winner to a million pounds, I think the rest of the tour will catch its way up. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it is it is weighted too far in, at the moment in terms of one one good run here is, is a big difference. But yeah, like you say, it is about the, that target is there to make the top number that. And I think, yeah, it's just the look of the draws. He got, he got a game there, but I mean, he still had to go out there and win it. So yeah. I think fair play to him. And yeah, it is a big difference. And then again, I mean, it's, it's anyone else could have got that draw. No, nobody's going to be handing it back that seven and a half round, are they? So. I think the hands are tied a little bit. And this is more specific situation as well, because we're seeing less and less of those style of matches as the world opens up a little bit more from COVID and, and um, feeder tours are born in. You've got the CDC in America, uh, the DPA, the DPNZ in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we've got the PDC Europe. Uh, we've got African organisations popping up at the minute and we've got the Asian tour as well, but the Asian tour has been the slowest to resume for a long, long time. The, the tricky one and the qualifier from where Omochenko won, I'm not sure if it's actually called the Eastern European qualifier, is the fact that normally you have Russian and, and Belarusian athletes competing in that as well. They make yeah. up 97% of players on that tour. Yeah. Especially at that level. And given the ongoing circumstances in Russia and Ukraine, the PDC have followed pretty much every other governing body from the IOC, basically, and the WDF as a darts organization have all done the same and are not allowed Russian or Belarusian dart players to participate in that qualifier. And, and that unfortunately meant that the standard was going to be lower from that one spot. Having them involved still makes sense. The, the Ukrainians, well, to be fair, none of the dart players specifically have done anything wrong, but it's not fair to punish that qualifier completely. There are still athletes yeah. that associate to that or affiliation that are eligible to participate in a spot that's always been designated for them. So whilst look, it's fortunate, I guess, for Luke that he's the one that's drawn that, but I guess anyone else from the Pro Tour side could have got that draw as well. And yeah, look, he's never going to lose that match. You can play that match a hundred times, he might lose it once, right? But yeah. Sport is played for those one time. Yeah, exactly that. And you've got to have that opportunity. And it's got to be there. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? And like I say, usually we'd probably have seen Boris Kotsov or someone of the like up there today instead, which you're not looking at that game and going, Luke Woodhouse else beats Boris Kotsov 99 times out of 100. He doesn't. No, no. no, it's just the way that it went on the day. It's the unfortunate thing with qualifiers as well, when things aren't based over an entire season and whatever else, you might get surprises come through a qualifier. Some of the players a good qualified day. for the Grand Slam perhaps weren't the most informed players. Devin Peterson made his way to the Grand Slam qualifier 
yet we saw yeah. him fail to come through the African qualifier and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, look, this one's, I guess, a bit of the luck of the draw. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a feel-good story. Perhaps those that are in and around Luke on the order of Merrick might feel a little bit aggrieved that he's had that draw and that opportunity to pick up the extra £7,500. But at the same time, he is now running into Gerwin Price. So I'm not sure they're going to be criticising too much unless for some reason Gerwin Price's arm falls off and he gets a buy through that one. Then they might have somewhere to complain about. Uh, but really do appreciate your question, uh, Matthew. All the best for the rest of the season as well. Uh, and thank everybody else for tuning in throughout the show. Uh, it's time for us to end. So we will see you all very, very soon. Thanks for watching, guys. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.